May the words of my mouth and the meditation of mine heart be acceptable in the Chavah's sight. He is our strength and our Redeemer, and it is in His name, which is His authority, that we pray, praise, proclaim, project, and protect uh, today's message. Aman. Um, hola, mi nombre es Kofi. ¿Cómo está? Bonjour, se me pido Kofi. Se va. Ni hao. Uh, namaste. Osaya. Anakitubo yao. Hayo. I see you. Uh, uh, we appreciate everybody for being on today. Um, and uh, forgive me for being a little late. Thank you for the ministerial staff for prayer and being with each other today. And so we're thankful and grateful to have you guys on with us one more again. Uh, uh, we're excited. Uh, Kumama. Um, sorry, excuse me. Wagwan. Kamsa. Kamsamida. Aloha. Habadigani. Manut, Aguaba, Madeasse, Etesin, Jambo, Mimidikofin, Nina Franco, Katana Nueve, Boker Tov, Boker Tav, Boker Tav, Bakwar Tav, Barak Alad Sham Yahava, Shalam Alad Sham Yahava, Atanai, Kofi, Kwahedet, and Service of Christ, Mashalam Khe, Khe Atafir Adzain, Kwam Yahasra El, Teda, Teda Yahasra El, and um, um, hello, everybody. I'm Pastor Kofi, Pastor Servant of Christ, where we are always changing lives one mind at a time, but being a voice of the voiceless and speaking the unspoken. We appreciate your presence today. We're thankful and uh, we're honored to be with you again. Thank you to everybody. If, you're, um, if it's your first time, if this is one time of many, if you're part of Servants of Christ, SOC, um, if you... Uh, have are, are against what we say with what we say if you're willing to listen long enough to what we say to see if you are in fact with or against it whatever the case might be we're thankful and grateful to have you on we're thankful once again to the ministerial staff for being part of prayer we give all honor and praise once again to the most high we give all praise and honor to him for my wife the honorable Ima, who does like to say but to be honored as always you can check her out on tiktok youtube or website and pinterest at bloom and flourish not a and d the letter n bloom and flourish she is a healer herbalist chemist and biologist biologist by degree if you'd like to turn with us in your bibles um and if you're able to reverence the word in some kind of way we invite you to including if you are able to stand um and get ready for our bible play to get ready to kind of recite a verse or if you want to read the verse yourself which is going to be coming from proverbs chapter 3 verses 5 and 6 so if you'd like to go ahead and jump over there um, We used this already when we started the series on Friday And uh, we'll be using this again Shalom to everybody That's uh, Peace be upon you on the first day of the week If you're using the Gregorian calendar For us, we are still um, Our Shabbat is still because of the uh, position of the moon Our Shabbat is still um, on um, Thursdays Or so Thursdays at 6 p.m. But some um, of you use Shabbat for Saturday or Friday going into Saturday. So whichever one it is. But if you're using the Gregorian, the Julian calendar, Shalom, it just simply means that we're asking for blessings upon you or peace be upon you. Or may you right, um, may you be in Yehovah's peace um, on this first day of the week. And uh, this is a Sunday. So normally on Sundays we do go longer. So we'll take our time. We're going to continue where we left off yesterday. And um, we're going to continue in this series called Reverse Mythology, where we're reversing some of the myths that we live by and that we've had in our lives and that affect our worship, affect our mindset, affect our day-to-day, -day, affect our ability to make financial gain, affect who we give stuff to, affect our community, affect uh, the mindset of being ch in change, shadow slavery-wise, etc. So if you'd like to go ahead and jump, join, jump once again to Proverbs chapter 3, verses five and six feel free to do so let's say hello to everybody while you're doing so how you doing uh 
Elishiva. I don't know if this is that Minister Elishiva or is that Elishiva? I keep forgetting. Um, I can't see the pictures on it. They're really small on this platform, on this uh, device I'm using. How you doing, Sister Joy? How you doing, Minister Anais? How you doing, babe? Once again, my wife, the Honorable Ama. Um, thank you for being on, babe. Love you very much. How you doing, Sister Monica? How you doing? I think I saw Minister Tamal on here earlier. How you doing, Jason? Sister Knight? Um, Emmanuel? Uh, Shoe Queen? Um, Apostle Yomi? Um, uh, Sean? Money Green? Pinky? Forgive me if I miss your name, church, to my head, not to my heart. Sister Barbara? Uh... Um, I don't know if you do the K or the Ch sound, so I'm assuming you're Cheska, right? Probably. Um, how you doing, Big Brother Thomas? Um, hola, uh, mi hermana. Hola, uh, Sherry, como esta? Uh, how you doing, JP? Hood Classic or Hood 7 Classic. Um, everybody, lie down, everybody. If I miss you, charge it to my head once again, not to my heart. We appreciate you. And um, once you have probably said three, verse five and six, if you want to say amen, say I got it, say I'm with you, etc. Uh, we have been invited, by the way, and we've already been putting the stuff up on different platforms. We put it on Facebook, I know for sure. Um, I know that we put it on our shout out on TikTok when we do our TikTok stuff. But as a rem um, just to let you know, so kind of a lot of stuff that's going on with SOC all the time. Hey, uh, March 13th is coming up pretty soon. That's when we start removing the leaven from our home. So if you want to kind of get a jump on that already. But March 13th is coming up pretty soon. Um, we thank the sisters who came out. Um, Elder Alma said that you guys had a great session last night for the women's meeting. So thank you, sisters, for being obedient to that. Once again, ministerial staff, thank you so much for what you do. I'm pretty sure tonight um, with Minister Lashava, uh or not tonight, today at 2 o'clock p.m. Eastern New York time um, on Zoom. When life happens, the grief coaching sessions, those should be up and going again, I believe. So if you want to make sure that you're part of that, um, feel free to join up with that. That should be at 2 o'clock p.m. Eastern New York time. Um, something else, something else. Oh, so, but yeah, April 9th is, so So March 13th, we're moving the 11 from our home. Amen. April 9th is going to be um, our new year, Rosh Chedash Naisan. Um, so... If you'd like to be part of that, um, feel free to go ahead and be part of that. That's just basically, that's our that's biblically Israelite Hebrew um, New Year, um, Kingdom New Year. Um, so that'll be April 9th. April 22nd is going to be Passover. And we talked about that we'll be doing Passover in Beverly Hills, Florida. As we get more information, we're not going to post a lot of stuff publicly as of yet for protecting people and stuff. But um, April 9th, and that we're asking for about a hundred dollar donation or so if you're coming physically if you're coming virtually obviously you just come virtually even if you want to give a donation thank you but we if you're coming physically we're asking for that make sure that we can at least feed you properly and we have something to bless the people that are going to let us use their land um, that'll be in beverly hills florida then in central florida not sure exactly which city yet but in central florida on the following and, and we're going to be doing passover by the way april 20th 21st and 22nd so 22nd is the passover 20th and the 21st, we'll be meeting up and doing some special things if you'd like to join us. Um, April And then April 26th and 27th, right after that, it's April 26th, 27th, we'll make sure that we're going to be joining up and um, in Central Florida to have, our, uh, to have a couple of days and use that to celebrate the uh, Feast of Unleavened Bread, right? So if you'd like to join us for that, feel free to do that. Um, and then, what is it? So much stuff going on. June 16th, and here I go forgetting the city again. 
in Lanham, L-A-N-H-A-M, in Lanham, Maryland, June 16th, we'll be doing our, uh, our uh, day of Pentecost. All right, so if you'd like to join us, that's kind of if you're familiar with the area and the DMV, that's not that's a little further north. Um, you can even use public transportation to get there um, if you want to. If you if you want if you need to, um, but um, um, but yeah, that'll be June sixteenth. I don't remember the exact time yet. We'll have that for you. I think it's going to be in the evening. I believe at like six p.m. something like that, um, and. Um, or at least we'll start set up at a certain time. We're going to have it for about four hours. So we're going to use a little bit of time to set up. And then we're going to have the ceremony. That'll be on Zoom as well, of course. Uh, but June 16th. And then um, on June the 22nd, we'll be supporting. Uh, we'll be going down to um, Atlanta, I believe. Or at least I was invited to uh, go down. Um, had to make sure that the calendar was straight before I started saying. But uh, we've been invited to support one of our very own. So if you can, um, please, ma'am, please, sir, uh, let us be in a position to support um, Minister Tama and what she's going to be doing. Um, and we've been putting it up at the end of the, um, we will put it up again and um, during the session and stuff like that. I guess we can put it up now, but um, so if you can join us or whatever. So we, we and um, we're looking forward to being part of a great time. Uh, Great testimonies, great word, and things of that nature. So, if you're in those areas, um, Georgia family, and everybody around, if you want, you know, feel free to come and show out and show up and be part of something magnificent. Um, but so, those are some of the things just off the top of my head, besides the regular stuff that we have going on. Um, if you want to start getting yourself ready for that, preparing for that, um, you know, obviously in there trying to figure out when we're going to start inviting people to come on and help out for YLP 83. But there's a lot of stuff that's going on. And thank you, by the way, for those who were able to meet up. We had so many meetings yesterday. SOC community meeting, I believe, went very well. Uh, we also had... Um, um, oh, yeah, we also were able to start um, the meetup and everything with those who are going to be dealing with prison ministry stuff. We also were able to help out um, those who were able to attend. Thank you for those who came across the pond. So we actually have some communication now going with those who are in the U.K., so we're excited about that as well. So if you want to participate, if you want to, uh, um, if you want to, uh, what was it? Uh, yeah. So if you want to be part of any of these dynamic things that we have going on, we praise y'all. So we should have the WhatsApp thing finally going. And we have a couple sisters that'll be looking over some of the WhatsApp stuff for us if you're part of the UK. So we finally got that going. Praise y'all. Now we got to pick it, step it up in the Caribbean for our Caribbean folk. We're going to try and get something going for you guys as well and get that going very soon. Okay. But thank you guys. We appreciate you. And um, obviously, there's going to be much more to come. And thank you for helping us. Thank you for helping us to stay organized, stay on task. Ministerial staff, Sister Renee, Secretary, um, you know, Minister Jenny, helping out with assistance stuff. Um, obviously, once again, uh, my wife, Elder Ama, um, and uh, so many of you who do so much <laughs> for us, moderators. Ministerial staff, SOC, contact, liaisons, um, those of you who help out in many different ways beyond the scenes, we appreciate you. Okay? So, but those dates, if you want to kind of save those dates, I'll say them real quick. Once again, then we got to get into this word. Uh, March 13th, removing the leaven from our home. April 9th, beginning of our new year. April 22nd, Passover. Right? Which really we're going to be celebrating in Beverly Hills, Florida, 20th through the 22nd. Um, April, uh, April, starting April 23rd is the Feast of Unleavened Bread, 
We'll be doing that in Central Florida, uh, the 26th to the 27th of April. Um, June 16th, the, um, the day of Pentecost in Lanham, Maryland, L-A-N-H-A-M, Maryland. We might even do something 15th and 16th, like do something on Saturday and then have the celebration on the 16th. But we'll see about that. I'm not sure about that. Um, and then also, too, then June 22nd, we'll be supporting Minister Tama and what she has going on. And prayerfully, SOC family, we can converge upon that on that date and save the date. Oh, and I apologize. Women in, women, women in red, right? That will be happening. Um, we may or may not have still on December 28th, the virtual meetup. Either way, everybody will have access to what the teachings and stuff are. But if you want to physically come to the location where the sisters... Um, and by the way, families are invited. You can still come, um, but it's going to be for the sisters. If you're a brother and you want to come, you're invited. But don't forget, there's going to be the cruise. Um, and so um, if you're going to do the down payment, we are going. I'm going to start saying it like that. I've been The way I've been saying it has been coming across like maybe we're doing it, maybe we're not. We are going. Sisters, we are going. Everybody's invited, though. Children invited. Families are invited. You probably need to go ahead and get yourself together now. You can get that through our secretary. You can reach her at SOC. S-O-C dot secretary um, 082 S-O-C dot period S-O-C period secretary 082 at gmail.com if you want more information. Once again, that's S-O-C dot or period S-O-C period secretary 082 at gmail.com. All right. If you want more information. And then um, you can reach out to her. She'll make sure that she gets the information to you. Um, and if, if you're interested, to and, and all you got to do now um, is put a down payment of about of about 100. Not about 100. Put a down payment of 100. And if you do so, as soon as you put that down payment, then you'll have from now to August. And it's important, imperative that you try and do it now, at least a down payment now. Um, if you're And it's going to be... If you're willing to share a room, if you're not willing to share a room, of course, it'll be like more expensive, about twice as much. But if you wanted to share a room, there are rooms that are as inexpensive as four hundred and twenty two dollars. And once again, this is a cruise. So we're going to be going to six to the ninth. We're going straight to the Bahamas. I believe that's the only island that we're going to be doing. Um, there might be things you can do when you get there. So you probably have to have more money to do those things. But in the meantime, or even when it's there obviously you can go to the beach different things but on the ship obviously you're going to be able to eat um you know eat drink well hopefully not get drunk but you know i'm just talking about liquid not necessarily libation <laughs> but you'll be able to eat as much as you want drink as much as you want if 20 of us are coming which it looks like we'll be hitting that number but if 20 of us are coming for sure um we'll have a common area uh, or one of the areas that'll be an event area rather that'll be for us to utilize and um the the I'll give you a little hint that I was just let in on. I didn't know how this is how it worked. Um, you want to get the stuff that's closer in if you want the the cheaper price or whatever. Um, and or and there's different levels. There's times the rooms you can do with balconies and all that. Obviously, adds the price. And but people who've been on cruises, they'll tell you that apparently having the balcony and all that really doesn't make much of a difference, especially if you're going to be on a cruise ship and you're going to be outside all day and all that. So if you're interested, um, you do need to make sure that you get the $100 uh, down payment now. And um, we'll be leaving out of Florida. Okay. And um, you do need, I don't, 
I don't know if you have to have your, either your birth certificate or something. No, I, I don't think you have to have a passport. I think your birth certificate will suffice or something like that. But you got to have at least one of those to make sure that, that you can um, lawfully go. Okay. So just putting that out there, we are going. We've had a lot of people now, a lot of brothers and sisters say they're coming. So um, people who've actually paid already for the whole thing. So we're just going to put it out there. We are going. Okay. So if you'd like to join us, that'll be December 6th through the 9th. Um, once again, reach out to our secretary, uh, Sister Renee, and um, through her through her email, soc.secretary, I'm sorry, soc.secretary082 at gmail.com. She can give you more information. Okay? All right. All right. The birth certificate, yeah, yeah. So, so we thank you guys. We appreciate you. Let's go ahead and get into this word. I just want to make sure we got a lot of stuff moving, going. We're growing. <laughs> Amen. Uh, brothers. You still have an opportunity. I don't know if we're necessarily going to do a cruise or something, but if you guys want to do something specifically for the men, remember we're going to be meeting up on our next men's meeting March 3rd, and we're going to be talking about some stuff specific just for us, Q&A just for us, um, in a safe space right on Zoom. But also, when that happens as well, we also want to ensure, therefore, if we're going to be doing this, uh, we also want to ask you guys if you have suggestions or things that you'd like to be able to do, please let us know. Right. Um, and uh, because the time is getting shorter to where we need to plan something out. So if you'd like to meet, we're going to be meeting up in November. If you'd like to be able to make that something that can be in a, a specific place as well, you have a chance to give us suggestions. If not, then I'll just choose something we're going to do. OK. Um, in the meantime, also, too, I'm sorry. One last thing. Last thing, I promise. Um, don't forget tonight is our special session. So if you'd like to be part of our special session, my, my wife and I um, do every last Sunday of each month. That'll be tonight um, at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern New York time. We'll be live um, on on TikTok on Kofi underscore 40. So on our original channel, not Kofi underscore 43 that you're on now, not Kofi underscore 42 um, that we use for the for the um, weeknights. But Kofi underscore 40, the original channel, um, you can go on that channel and we'll get we'll have a special session ready for you tonight. We'll be started at eight o'clock p.m. Eastern New York time. And um, we believe you'll enjoy um, the content and the conversation dealing with self-esteem, amongst other things tonight. OK, so feel free to join up with that that's for that. So I think that's about just about everything. I can say about announcements, but what did we used to say? Govern yourselves uh, according to the announcements accordingly. Something like that we used to say, right? <laughs> so if you'd like to go ahead and uh, participate in any of those things. And of course, if you need more information, some of the stuff is already up there as far as date wise, at least on the website as well. But if you'd like to have more information, just let us know. All right. Okay, cool. So we're going to go ahead and get into this word. Thank you for being on. Thank you for your patience. How's everybody doing? How you doing, Sister Nadine? Birth certificate and ID. Oh, birth certificate and ID. Okay, thank you. I said passport. Okay, that's what y'all said. Passport. I said I said passport. Birth certificate and ID. If you can do so. Okay. All right. Cool. Um, amen. Amen. So once again, get in touch with Sister Renee. Make sure that that you put your deposit. All you got to do is put the deposit of a hundred. I think the cheapest price is about four twenty two. Um, there's rooms, by the way, if you're bringing families, the price goes down. So there's rooms apparently for like four people in the room. There's some rooms to where like they even have it to where you can kind of put, pull out stuff and like do a bunk bed situation, or there's rooms where everybody can have their own bed area or stuff like that. But obviously prices change and vary and stuff. You can get all that information through, um, uh, where sister Renee is going to send you through and she'll walk you through some of the stuff if necessary. And thank you again, sister Renee, for all that you do in that area. And thank you for the help. And thank you, elder Alma, of course, for leading our sisters and, um, you know, being part of leading SOC. 
Alrighty, how you doing, Yosef? So here we go again, Proverbs chapter three, <laughs> verse five and six. If you have it, say amen, say I got it, say I'm with you. If you're able to stand for the reciting or the reading of Yehovah's word, um, we invite you to go ahead and do so. Or if you're able to reverence it in whatever way you can, just so we can touch and agree. If you want to put your right hand in the air, put your uh, device in the air, right? Or if you want to put your, even your Bible in the air, in your right hand and just repeat after me. Right? How you doing, Sister Monica? Uh, how you doing, Sister Betty? And this is our Bible pledge. Feel free to repeat after me. It goes like this. This is my Bible. This is my sword. And this will I trust. For Yahashvai is Lord. No sword of God shall ever be heard. For this is my Bible. And this is Yah's word. Adsham Yechavach. Or in Yechavach's name. Amen. Amen. We're going to Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. It reads as follows. It was, I'm just going to recite it. It reads as follows, though. It, it says, uh, Trust in Yechavah with all thine heart, with all thine love, and lean not to thine own understanding. Don't, be, don't stand under your own standard. In all your ways, acknowledge him. In all your ways, make sure you have some intimacy with him, and he, and Yechavah, shall direct your paths. We've just uh, spoken um, the word of Proverbs chapter 3, verses, verses uh, 5 and 6. May Yehovah have a blessing to the readers, the hearers, and especially those who will execute and do what his righteous and holy word says. You may be seated in the presence of Yah. I'll go back to what you were doing. Thank you for reverencing the word with us. Alrighty, today, and thank you so much. I know I've been rambling for a while. A lot of information we had to get out. But now that we've got that together, um, today, we are going to continue where we left off yesterday. We're in a series called Reverse Mythology. We kind of give an introduction to it, talking about the cultural effect on Friday. Yesterday, we started off talking about Zeus, and we started with Zeus because a lot of stuff that we look at, even though, yes, it's Babylonian, Mesopotamian, Kemetic, Cushitic, uh, Persian influence, you're right, obviously, and then obviously Roman influence that they would take the Greeks and, and just change names and stuff and do the same stuff they're doing, right? And obviously, you know, obviously there's a later on going to be mixing and matching of um, Norse theology, of pagan mythology, not the same thing. Pagan doesn't just mean anybody that disagrees with the most high. Pagan doesn't automatically mean heathen, um, even though pagan is heathen, but Heathen can also be Gentile uh, belief system. Heath, heathen can also be, uh, heathen is basically anybody who's dealing with something at enmity with the most high, right? If we can make that basic. But today we're going to continue to talk about Zeus. So it'll probably be recorded um, on YouTube as Zeus part two. Probably the same thing on Facebook if you're looking for the recording. And um, today we want to to focus in on um, Zeus. So yesterday, remember, so we, we've gotten to a place where we went through Zeus's birth at this point. If people haven't been with us and we're dealing with, once again, the overall theme of this series is reverse mythology. Right? <laughs> right? Reverse mythology. Right? Um, and so our mindset is to reverse the myth and the ology or the logi, the logia, the logic of the study of even these myths that have permeated our society. And one thing that we're going to, and so we got into the place where we got to how Zeus was born. Um, kind of quick recap on that. Uh, and quick, we, we've talked about it for two days straight, so you can go back and look at the recordings if you need to. But long story short, there's a Big Bang, if you will, right? Gaia is part of the Big Bang. Gaia has a, uh, goes through immaculate conception. She gives birth 
to four suns. Um, one is who you call firmament now, Uranus. One is Neptune. I forget the other two names, but one is the mountains and one is the earth, something like that. She then marries, has relations with one of her sons, Uranus. And in her and Uranus, and by the way, it doesn't even make sense that she would need to do this if she could immaculately conceive for children, right? But for whatever reason, she decides this is their culture, right? And um, and how you doing, Ebony? And so she she has to go through the process. So they, so she goes through this process with her son. They have several children. Um, he starts wilding out and doing some wild stuff. So they decide they need to get rid of him out of this position that he has now, right? And so um, Gaia and one of her children slash grandchildren, right, because she's married to her son, um, Kronos, chronology, right, time, Kronos decides he's going to help to make sure that he gets rid of Uranus, and so he watches his mother slash grandmother and his father slash brother have relations, and he, how do we, how have we been saying it, he removes the two grapes from the vine, right while they're doing it he waits for her to get him in a certain position and then he comes in with a uh, a scythe made out of basically like diamond or, or really a metal that is likened to animantium that's where they really get animantium metal from is from this story right and even um right so so he basically uses that chops the off and um and then uranus since he's a titan right he doesn't pass away but he his spirit and soul reside forever but his physical form um is lost and so he becomes what you call the firmament okay after that now that he's had that and he becomes what what happens now chronos is the one in charge he marries and he has a vision right a dream in which somebody somebody who's one of his children is going to try and take his power like he just took his father's power he can't have that so he starts eating his children zeus is um one of the children that he has they trick him into eating the rock in swaddling cloth and zeus is taken somewhere raised by um a goat by a right so that's why people are into kids remember we talked about that but a goat he's raised by a uh by an eagle which is why he shapeshifts into an eagle as well and also is raised by a giant wolf, I believe. Right? So then after that, he comes back. He tricks Kronos into drinking something. Kronos spits up the children. A war goes on. It really gets nowhere because everybody's eternal. Then they get these gifts, which is why Zeus can deal with lightning and Hades can disappear and and um, uh, or be, become like he's disappeared. He can be, um, he can be uh, invisible. And then you have, um, you know, obviously, like the main three that we talk about is usually Zeus. Poseidon and um in Hades and Poseidon is has control of the water right so this is where they so they get these gifts or whatever and then they unlock their other brothers and sisters who are the ones that are considered to be other the Cyclops and uh and the uh, ones with multiple arms multiple legs right they unlock them they win the battle they're able to chain Kronos up and now Zeus ends up ultimately being in charge and so now we got into this place of of where Zeus is, okay? So, kind of a recap of yesterday. Now, it's important that we recognize something that's going on because even though somebody will say, I don't believe any of this stuff, it doesn't matter that much, it's just a story, right? And how you doing, Brother Jermaine? Well, as we said yesterday, how you doing, Joy Boy, and everybody else who's coming on, 
right? So even though we might say, yeah, this is just a story, and how you doing, Alethea, thanks for being on, it affects you, cultural effect, like we talked about in the first part of the series, it affects you because it, 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 it permeates, right, into everything else. It has become a part of your everyday activity. Hello, Sister Nadine, I think I said her a little earlier, if I didn't, please forgive me. Uh, so it, 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 it becomes part of your everyday process, right? And there's something called, whenever you get into these stories, this is why you got to be prayed up and you have to have a mind of saying, okay, I'm going to compartmentalize and I'm going to do as John did in John chapter, uh, as the angel did in Revelation chapter 10, as John did in Revelation chapter 12 and verse in Revelation 13. A lot of people don't know this because in your book, in your Bible, usually Revelation chapter 12 verse 18 has been taken out, right? So you just do, you just go by. Um, Revelation chapter 12, verse 17, you go right into Revelation 13, 1. But if you put Revelation 12, 18 and Revelation 13, 1 together, what you discover is that John is standing in a position where he can see it from the earth, from the solid, and he can also see it from the water, right? Just like the angel does when he has the rainbow over himself and tells John to eat the whole scroll. So that when John eats the whole scroll from the messenger of of the Most High, John himself now, as a messenger of the Most High, takes the same stance. And when he sees things, he sees them in the same way, right? So when you see these things, you have to be prayed up and you have to be put in a position where you've ate the whole scroll, you see what the word of Yehovah says, you can look at it through the proper cultural prism, and now when you're seeing it, you can see it as the Most High dictates it unto you, rather than the way the world has dictated, di dictated unto yourself. Now, why is this extremely important, Right? Shalom, shalom uh, Michael, and shalom to everybody. Thank you for being on the podcast, coming on later from Facebook. If you're on with us on YouTube, if you're over with us on TikTok, we appreciate your presence. Now, it's important that you see it from the truth, from the origin. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against origin. How you doing, Darius? It's important that we catch this because if not, there's something called suspension of disbelief, right? Whenever you read something... If you, for example, if you read a novel, I don't know novels, I don't keep up with them, but forgive me, uh, Fifty Shades of Grey was a big one, right? If you're going to read it, you have to do what? You have to suspend disbelief. And you have to suspend it long enough, right, that you can go ahead and say, all right, even though I know this is not true, I will suspend disbelief long enough to say that I have to at least live out the lie in my mind enough to follow what's going on, Right? So a lot of so so you have to suspend disbelief. Watch this. When you go to your job, you know your job doesn't care about you. You know your job is not worried about you. You know your job is not this, that, or whatever. But they have to say certain things because HR will hold them accountable because the company can be messed up if they treat you just any old way. Right? So you have it in your mind to where you know this is not something that's even for you. You know you're not even necessarily called to this. You know this is not something that's really helping your community. You know this is not something that really makes you feel like you have the value that you're called to have. How you doing, DB, if I didn't say so earlier? Right? However, even though we know this, you will suspend disbelief. I know you don't want to think about it this way. I'm not trying to be somebody that makes you sad about your situation. I'm just trying to be honest with you. You know this to be true, but you're still going to do it because you have to suspend this. You have to suspend disbelief. I don't believe in this beast I'm going into, but I'm suspending disbelief. And so many people, rather than going into your workplace with one foot and what is solid in the word, and therefore being able to see it 
even though you have to have one foot in the world, you're in the world, but you're not of it. You got one foot in, one foot out, but this is a positive one. This ain't your hokey pokey where you put half yourself in one day. and half. No, I take a stance when I go to my job to where, okay, I'm going to be in the culture. I'm going to be in the position. I'm going to represent the most high because I realize even though I might have to be in this job for a few months, I might have to be in this job for a few years, whatever the case might be. This is not the end all be all. This is not my calling. If I am blessed to have a job that actually is my work, praise Yah, right? But not everybody's there. So in the meantime, I might have to learn some things. Yah might help me to grow in this. He might help you to be a blessing to some people. He might help me to cause me to have more patience in this, right? But this is not who I'm supposed to be. But what happens is you will suspend your disbelief and you'll just go all in. You say, okay, I got to be this at work. So I'm going to be all in at this at work. Okay, wait a minute. I got to come home. So I'll be all in and I'll be this at home, right? And you're double, you have to be double-minded rather than saying, I stand in this position no matter what. This is who I am. So if, if the water comes up, if I'm in the sand and the water comes up, I'm still in position, but I'm still on the land at the same time, right? I don't move. I don't change position. I don't go from here to here, right? Are you catching the difference? I don't know if I even said that correctly, but but hopefully you're catching the difference. How you doing, Ahavia? And thank y'all for the love. Appreciate you. Yeah, they know who you're working. Israel. Yeah. So I'm just saying, you have to be in a position to where you are steadfast, unmovable, always abounding. But what happens is we suspend disbelief. So what happens for a lot of people is is that you say, I got to make it in the system, so I'm going to be all in the system. So even if you think these should just be stories. They're not just stories. Um, research has shown that the reason why they give you these long, drawn-out openings to the movies and they make sure they put all these little mini-commercials before you get to the movies, these mini-movies to show this is Bruckheim um, um, stuff and this is Universal stuff and this is this and this is that. They're putting all that stuff up there because they know after about 33 seconds, your mind, 33 and a half, I think, to be exact, but about 33 seconds or so, your mind is already going to check out because you came here to see this movie. So you have to have a time to where now you're going from watching just the commercials to now even when the movie starts, it starts with about 33 seconds at least or so, right? And then even when you get to the real movie, they'll make sure just to make sure they put a little extra to where you start seeing something specific that they want you to see that, that captivates you or even somebody will start speaking, Right. And, and getting you to catch up on the story or even with Star Wars. Right. How does Star Wars begin? Boom. Star Wars. And you see all the stuff and it starts to move back and then you start to see as it fades out, you see words scrolling up on the screen. Right. And you read. And as you're reading, you're saying, oh, OK, so this is what's going on. And Darth Vader's this. And all right, they're trying to escape. And this and that. OK. And this is what's happening. And then your mind is saying, OK, I'm feeding you information. So by the time it finishes scrolling, what do they do? All of a sudden, it looks like it always goes down or shifts or you see a big ship coming in because you've already gotten to a place where you've suspended disbelief. That is the that is what what they have to do is to get you to suspend disbelief. Right. I'm asking for you to suspend disbelief the other way, though. You've got to be aware that this is what the enemy's doing. So when you get into these stories, you are going to have to learn how to suspend disbelief that says that you're supposed to believe in a lot of stuff that they tell you. Right. Right. Uh, so you're going to have to learn how to suspend disbelief long enough to be able to to say, OK, when I'm watching this, I know they're trying to catch me with this. I know this is what they're trying to do in the beginning. I'm not going to fall for the okie doke. I know that they're trying to give me a certain message. I realize that this is right. Like you can't tell me you, there's not one movie you've ever watched that has had zero message. 
I know you think that. There's not one television show. There's not one cartoon that you ever watch that has zero message. I know you think that, but you've never watched anything that was designed to have zero message. Everything that you watch, somebody wants to get a message across. There's even a movie, watch this, I'll show you something. Um, you don't necessarily need to go look for it. From what I hear, it's gory. I've just only seen pieces of it, right, in study. Um, there's some movie, I forget, I don't even know the name of it, but it's basically somebody made a movie about a tire, literally, a tire, T-I-R-E. <laughs> somebody made a movie about a tire, and the tire is supposed to have a life of its own somehow, and is going around murdering people. That's the, that's the movie, literally. But you know why they made the movie? The person made the movie because he wanted to do an experiment. He wanted to see, can he get you to buy in and get you emotionally invested and get you to believe through CGI and other things that it's possible for an inanimate object to go around and often people that they might be able to see what else can they get away with in your mind. They literally made a movie to see if people would buy into it. There's no there's no such thing as a movie that's made. You think people put hard work and effort into stuff because they just they just they just don't care what you think? Salah, how you doing, brother TJ? I mean, is that what we really think? That, that people they just do stuff randomly. They don't care. <laughs> they can care less about what happens to you. I, I mean, I mean, I know there's people that believe that. But there, there. But everything you've ever watched, everything you've ever read, everything you have ever said, somebody needed you to suspend disbelief, or they, at least they hoped you would. Somebody has done it for a purpose, for a reason. So somebody says, "Why are you talking about Zeus? Who cares about Zeus?" Well, now I bring up another exhibit. Might I bring up Exhibit Seven Thousand Five Hundred, <laughs> right? In this series that we've been doing already. Um, why do you call Jesus Jesus? We know that's not his name. We know the letter J didn't exist. We know it doesn't exist in modern Hebrew. It doesn't exist in Paleo-Hebrew. We know that's not his name. We know his name would have been closer to Yeshua, which you call Joshua, but you don't call him Joshua. Why do you call him Jesus? It's due to the fact. <laughs> it is due to the fact that this was crafted and done on purpose. Jesus is half man, half Zeus. Zeus has children. Perseus. Perseus. Right? Pegasus. Perseus is a son of Zeus. Pegasus is a horse of Zeus. Dionysus is a son of Zeus. Dionysus is a daughter of Zeus. Zeus is Zeus. <laughs> the, the Salah, I'm a, Right? Shalom Donovan, how you doing? So, so we got to ask ourselves, what have we suspended disbelief in just to survive? Or watch this. You have to, even when you're raised by your parents, you know you got to suspend disbelief. Your parents can be abusive and you not even know that they're abusive until you get to a certain age and you start hearing stories and you start trying to tell people stories and you're laughing. Anybody ever been there? Where, and I'm not talking about just physical abuse. I'm not talking about essay stuff, even though some people, unfortunately, have dealt with that. Um, I'm not talking about the belt, even though, unfortunately, a lot of people have dealt with that. By the way, I'm not necessarily anti-spanking, but, you know, anti-whipping. You know, that's something different. But, you know, 
a lot of us gone through that. I'm talking about even mental abuse or things where even though I won't necessarily label it as narcissism, even though everybody likes to call everything narcissistic now, that's not necessarily the case most of the time, even though it's still wrong, but it's not necessarily narcissism. But still, you start talking to people and you, you, ever, you ever been around some people and you start telling your experiences as a child and everybody's laughing, right? And then you start going a little deeper and people aren't laughing so much. And, and you didn't realize that that was problematic. Or you in school and you're telling people what happened. And people go, and, and people are like, man, your, your parents are harsh. Right? And you even play it off sometimes. And maybe it's around your friends of another diaspora or something. So you go, uh, oh, okay, you know, blah, blah, yeah. You know, that's just how they do or whatever. And people, But then you start realizing, like, no, wait a minute. Even in my community, this is kind of... People be looking at me sideways when I start talking about mama did this and daddy did this and auntie did this and grandmama did this and, you know, had to go out and not only get a switch, but you had to pick out your own switch and you had to make sure it didn't break. And if it broke, then you were going to get really beat up. And, and people just kind of like... Yeah, even for us, that's kind of, and then you start thinking about the psychological effect, and then you, and then maybe you even sit down with somebody and you talk to them. You go do some kind of life coaching or some kind of, uh, you know, psychology or you know, psychology uh, thought process. You know, you sit down with your psychologist, etc., and you and you go through, and and they're kind of even looking at you like, wait, do you know that you've been through trauma? Like, do you know what that is? Do you know like you're hurt and you you're sitting there. And you're like, what you what you tripping off of? Because you had to make it, you had to suspend disbelief. You didn't even know that you shouldn't believe in that. <laughs> right? You weren't even aware. You weren't supposed to believe in that. You weren't even aware that that's not righteous. You weren't, you weren't, like, there are people literally. I can't, you guys can't necessarily see me. There's a, a Nigerian cat I listened to, Fuhad, off of this uh, thing that's like a cop comedy kind of thing or whatever. And he was talking about his experiment, and uh, or his experiment, his experience with his parents. Right with his uh, mom and his dad. If he got in trouble, one of the punishments they would have is he would have to, he would have to go on one foot. He would have to take one finger, put it on the ground, and he have to have one foot, and he would have to have uh, one foot in the air, elevated horizontal, and he would have to stay in that position for however long they said it could be hours. And if they saw his leg come down or his finger start to waver or anything, that was a whooping. Or you know how you guys do like the full sit up down to the feet, right? You do the full sit up. Well, he said that he had one where basically when you pause kind of where you're not quite all the way up, quite all the way down, you had to like stop halfway in between. And then he had to have his feet up elevated as well. And that might last however long they say. And as soon as he started wavering or his, if his feet ever touched the ground, right? He said that he would have to face his father while his father was watching television. And he would be watching television, and his son would be facing him with his, with his hands like that and feet. And if he, if his feet ever touched the ground, he said he'd be struggling, this and that, and his father looked like he was gone. He was in the soccer game. You would think he wasn't paying attention. Let his foot touch the ground. All of a sudden, he would whoop his tail. And he could be in that position for an hour. Right? Now, you say that, and this is a comedy thing. And people instead, they, like, you know, and he was, he was telling them, he was like, you guys think you know about punishment. He's like, you know nothing about punishment. And, right? 
you say something, you say, but you had to suspend disbelief. Even when you were hearing people getting whooped, this, that, or whatever, you were just like, oh, okay, I guess that's just, it, you would even hear people get abused, but your abuse was so bad, you would think to yourself, this is how we talk to each other. Your abuse is so bad, we'd just be like, man, you don't know nothing about abuse. And in that moment, I was like, I've never, and I've, I'm somebody who can say, you know, I've had my father go too far a few times, right? He wasn't the father that just spanked you just because, but I've had him go too far a few times. Um, and yet, I'd never experienced anything like that. I'd rather get the switch. I'm just going to be honest. I'd rather take the switch than do that, <laughs> right? I know different people can take different things. I'd rather do the switch than just have to be in that position, in one of those two positions. But this is, this is stuff that people don't realize and recognize. You have suspended disbelief long enough. You hear what I'm saying? You have to, you have suspended disbelief long enough that what is abusive to you, abusive to your people, abusive to the system, um, abusive to our system, the kingdom of heaven suffered violence and the violent take it by force. They're taking stuff and we've been taking it from them so long. Yeah, we laugh at the trauma they gave us. Yeah, and the trauma doesn't define you, right? Trauma is a testimony, amen. And a lot of us though, that's what defines us. You said for real what you mean, trauma. I thought was I thought this was all all black people. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. You said your mom yeah, uh, well yeah, you know, there's people whose parents try to take their life. I used to think that was and I'm obviously that's percentage wise that way down as far as stuff, but that's not that's more common than you think. Matter of fact, not even trying, there's a lot of parents who do. I don't want to take you down that rabbit hole, but that was when I remember I told you I was on a weird rabbit hole and I was actually like starting to get into the study of like serial um, tillers, <laughs> right? And, and, and some of them are parents and their children do it together. Sometimes the children get, or there's stuff where people, you know, there was a famous, I can't remember where it was now, what state it was in, but there was one thing that I watched where nobody lost their life. However, there was this family where this girl called the police and said um, she was afraid of what was going to happen to her sister. She escaped. She sounds like a little girl, literally. She sounds like she's like eight, nine, ten, ten years old. When they came and they found, uh, uh, when they talked to her on the phone and stuff, they didn't realize she's like 18. And it was really weird for me listening because you can listen to the conversation they had. It I was listening to the conversation, and she sounded like she was like nine, ten. But they keep saying this eighteen-year-old, and I'm like, what are they talking? about? Like, this has to be when she was younger. And they talking about now she's eighteen. No, she, they, when they found her, but she was so messed up. They had never allowed her to go to school, but they didn't do really do homeschooling. Um, they were never allowed to leave the house. She had several siblings, something like six, seven brothers and sisters, something like that. Uh, when they came in there. The parents were like, oh, okay, this and that, whatever. And they were trying to figure out because this girl kept saying, oh, yeah, they're going to they're gonna harm my sister. I'm afraid now. They're talking about possibly taking her life, this and that. And they came in. They couldn't find any evidence, even though they did see stuff that looked like maybe the children were malnourished. It seemed like all the children were kind of, you know, they were healthy enough, but they looked like they were, you know, there were signs, obviously, that they weren't really doing that well. And then all of a sudden they saw that the father was standing in a certain position that he wouldn't get out of it. And there was like a sheet. And then they asked for the father to move. And then sure enough, one of the children was chained to the wall. Right? And then they did some research. And all these children, all these children, they had children in their 20s, children in the teens, all these children, their own children that they had, 
all of them were still operating on a level of youth, like in their mind. They they, they didn't know. Um, one of them might have gone to school for a hot second and then they were taken out. The rest of them, uh, and they, they would lock them in the house, right? Um, they would get spankings all the time. And, you know, if they when they did leave out of the house, they were they were told not to talk to people. They were always taught that everybody was the enemy. Everything it was it was a wild thing. You'd be surprised at the things that people will suspend disbelief in. Matter of fact, not even know if they're suspending it or not because they don't even know that they're not. There's there's another alternative for them to believe in, right? How you doing, El Grand? How you doing, Olivia Muhammad? It was somewhere in Tennessee, somewhere. It was somewhere down south. I don't remember what state, but yeah. So you'd be surprised at the things that people believe and the things that you'll allow to abuse you, abnormally use you, and the things in the system that you see every day that are jacked up, but you'll continue to let it be. Matter of fact, when a lot of us were still in church, we saw a lot of stuff, but that's what it's supposed to be. Pastors touching children inappropriately, but hey, you know what? Well, they can touch because that's the touch of the most high Maybe you don't want to go down that route because maybe that's a little too much uh, for some but 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 that's real Right or pastors praying on everybody and touching everybody and saying everybody can be healed and everybody come on up And then come to find out that was a business thing and also too when people are doing it by the way The Bible says lay hands on no man suddenly so how is everybody who comes up gonna get hands laid on them when the reality is is The Holy Spirit doesn't work like that I'm sorry, Sister Renee, I just caught you. Yes, thank you again, because that's just too much. Same thing for me. Right, just go ahead and whoop my tail. Right, punch me in the chest. I'll take a punch in the chest than having to sit there like this <laughs> for hours. Right? And we don't, but we don't, and, and here's the thing. A lot of people are walking around with these experiences and we have no clue. You got to be careful. How you doing, WIT? Right, we have no clue. Just like a lot of us, a lot of us hold these things together and we don't have a clue as to the things, the generational trauma and the generational things that are happening. And so this is a spirit. Like I said, we're going to be talking about Zeus and talking about a lot of Greek mythology off the, from, the, from the rip, off the jump. But don't get it twisted, right? African mythology has a lot of this stuff too because not just because you're African doesn't mean you hold it. Right? Don't get it twisted. There's a lot of stuff like Kabbalah. Kabbalah using a lot of what you call Judaism. But just because they're using some parts of scripture doesn't mean that it's holy. And there's a lot of abuse. Don't get it twisted. There's a lot of people who will say, I'm pastor so-and-so. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. There's a lot of people who do a lot of great things. Don't get it twisted. Nero had a great five years, at least out in public. He was doing stuff behind the scenes that was wild. But you could say Nero, right? 603 scoring six, Nevan Casada. You can say that Nero, the spirit that he had, was something that out in the open, Rome had five years where it was awesome, right? He got rid of, he, he put taxes, cut taxes in half. I mean, stuff that people have never done since. Nero was all over the place, right? Nero made sure that people weren't stealing money from people. Nero was out here doing whatever, whatever, but behind the scenes, but yeah, it looks great, but he's still Nero, still evil. Right. How you doing, Noel? But if you're not careful, you'll suspend disbelief. Well, I see that he had one wife and we love her and that's his sister and everything. But he messing around with these. These little he messing around with his little, you know, whatever on the side. And he got her pregnant. And then we started talking trash about. It, so he just divorces the wife that we know to be pure. 
even though it's his sister, right? Or, well, related to him. Um, but, you know, whatever. You know, there's this wife that we all love and seems to be virtuous. And he just kicks it to the curb. And then when we argue about it, well, to get rid of it so we keep out of, out of sight of the mind, he just offs her. He just takes her life. But, hey, five years, the first five years were great, though. <laughs> right? First five years were awesome. You know, here's another thing. I know we're not into uh, Roman mythology yet or how Rome takes place. But just, just to let you know, I, I promise you we're going to get into Zeus. We're already talking about Zeus without you even realizing it. But but here's something about Nero, talking about reverse mythology. Um, did you know that Greeks look down upon actors? And that really all cultures did? And that in your culture today, it's uplifted because people like Nero started to say that he wanted to be an actor because he was actually raised by an actor. Did you know that? You know that Nero, that, 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 that actors for the longest time in history were people that were considered to be on the same level. I'm not even trying to shame anybody. I'm trying to tell you, actors were actually considered to be on the level of, of um, prostitutes. Yeah, half truth is a whole lot. Did you know that the, the people you can't wait to see in the Oscars, there would have been a time where people would have said, no, we don't. Why would we look up to that? Maybe you didn't. Maybe you were not aware of this, but people would, would have looked at the, for the longest time in humanity. We would have said, why would somebody, especially because there was a certain time where women were not even allowed to act, which meant that if you were a man and you were going to have a woman's role, you had to play a man or a woman. Right. Just like we talk about how they dress men in dresses. See, it's not always just only black because remember, yes, they do it to a lot of the famous black men. But we don't ever think about Brad Pitt had to be in a dress. Steve Martin has had to have been in a dress. Right. Robin Williams, Mrs. Doubtfire, he was in a the dress. There's a spirit. And I'm not saying racism doesn't exist. We know it does. I'm just saying there's a spirit that's 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 deeper than that. Racism, believe it or not, is not necessarily superficial, but it's closer to the surface than you think. Right. Right. So there was a time to where you would have looked at just like, by the way, who else do you look up to? You look up to the people who go who are um, um, the elites in the Coliseum, to the basketball player, to the football player, to the football player, to the, the hockey player, right? All these different things. But have you ever noticed that these are people that are slaves? They would have known what they were back then. They were slaves. They were for entertainment. They went to the gymnasium. What did you do at the gymnasium? You worked out and you, you had Hedocles and Her Hedocles or who you call Hercules, but Hedocles and um, Hermes. And they would be the people that were there and they were supposed to be the, the, the deities or the deus, or you might even call them like patron gods or patron saints or whatever, but they're supposed to be the deus or the spirits um, of strength and of speed. And people would go there to watch these guys be buck naked and work out just like you watch your Columbine. Yes, you do to see who's doing there, right? And just like you want to see so and so strong, and just like you admire so and so's body and stuff, it's the same spirit. How you doing, Brittany? It's the same spirit. The same thing that they were dealing with back then. The same thing that the Assembly of Sardis was dealing with in Revelation chapter three. So you didn't know that. Sardis, their issue was the spirit, the spirit of slavery that was being worshipped in a perverted manner. 
That's 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 what was happening. And so that's why they were being warned and they had to repent from that. I'm not saying you can't go to the gym at all. I've got a gym membership. But I'm here to tell you when I go to the gym, it'd be difficult because men and women in there are literally coming in there. A lot of them, not all, but a lot of them enough to where it's irritating to me. I'd rather just go ahead and do push up, sit ups and just take a walk outside. Right. But when I try to go to the gym and focus, literally, you can see people who are trying to put themselves in position, not just wearing clothes, literally putting their bodies in positions. I'm not talking about because they're having workout. I get the difference between you doing a squat and you squatting in a in a in a specific manner. Right. Right. I know the difference. Right. And so it's difficult for me to deal with the stuff because I see men and women trying their hardest to make sure everybody can see every part of them. But that's the spirit that a lot of them go in there with. And we try to suspend disbelief because just like, well, yeah, everybody's just coming in here. for. But there's a spirit. There's even a spirit of competition. Come on, there's some of y'all who are who, who who have your gym membership and who teach and who are, and by the way, I'm not against it, right? You got your business going, you are teachers, you do these things, right? You help people to work out, you're in shape all the time. That's excellent. That's awesome. That's what you're supposed to do. But there's a lot of people you guys know that when you come in there and you see them, they're not coming in there with the same mentality. But you try to suspend disbelief. How you doing, Sister Helen? You try to suspend disbelief just long enough that maybe, how you doing, Brother Charles? You try to spend disbelief long enough that uh, maybe it'll turn into what I want it to be. Like you spend disbelief in that relationship. Uh, they'll change. I can change them. When you don't even think about what's the foundation, what's their character. So we have to go into this place with the right spirit. So suspending disbelief is crucial. To this, you have suspended disbelief. If you don't suspend disbelief, if you're not willing to say, I'm looking for the for righteousness or evil in everything. See, that's your problem. You're looking for it everywhere. Yeah, that fine. If that's problematic for you, then I'm a problematic person because I'm looking for righteousness or evil. I don't call out everything. I don't walk around all day. You evil. You evil. Look at your pants sagging. You're evil. Look at your way that you're showing your body off. You're I don't do that. But I'm saying I look for it in everything because it is in everything. It's either righteousness or it's evil. I, I get the whole, there's gray areas, sure. There's reasons why it can be righteous or it can be evil. But at the end of the day, it's righteous or it's evil. It's in everything. It's in everything. So, so if there's righteousness or evil in everything, and I see it in everything, why does that make me a bad person? That means that I have eyes to see, and I can see. See, because there are those who have eyes to see but cannot. That means that if I have ears to hear and can hear, that's a righteous thing. Why would you want two ears and cannot? But there's a lot of people who have that, right? That means that if I have the heart of Yah, then that means that I will feel his passion and feel the same passion he feels about certain things. Do you think that Yah is passionate about his creation failing? Do you think that Yah is passionate about his children denying him? Do you think that Yah is passionate about his wife stepping out on him? Of course not. How you doing, Brother Adam? Of course he is not. So if I have the same passion, if he's my father, why would I not be passionate about the same thing? If he's my father, why would I not be passionate about his children? If he's my father and he says, this is how I chastise, then why would... I not chastise. Yes, those of us, those who are Israel and graft in are considered to be the wife of Yah, right? Certain contexts, right? Certain scriptures. Jeremiah chapter three, for example. 
right? Genesis 3, Jeremiah 3, Revelation 12, right? So, so if, right, my wife, my wife is passionate about certain things because I am her husband. I, as her husband, am passionate about certain things because she is my wife. Before I met my wife, do you think I cared about, look, as much as I wanted to even be healthy, do you think I cared about the difference between juice and drink like that? I'm not wearing Lucifer symbols. You got to know what an Ethiopian cross is. Now, somebody taught you about this stuff because you're going into the Kemetic thing that was taken from the Cushitic thing. But if you know about the people of Kush and you travel over to East Africa and you actually know what this is, they would tell you that this is the Ethiopian Tav. If you know what the Tav is, the Tav existed before somebody tried to make it up into something else, right? And even this by itself, before it became part of somebody's religious practice, was something different. But I appreciate that, that that's what you saw, that you're like, hey, what are you talking about? Therefore, everything that I've just referenced cannot be right because you see one thing that you claim to be evil. Now, if you saw I have Horus on here or something, feel free but that's not the same belief system thank you so much though for being on right that's what you've been taught by somebody but once again i don't wear anything without first making sure it's research and study so if you feel like that's what you're going to do right then make sure you research but make sure you know what's going on i have this many recordings and stuff i've talked about this specifically if you if, if, if you want to actually look up what i actually think about these things feel free to go ahead and do so all right but i'm not running away from from it. It is what it is. Um, I have bigger ones than this, matter of fact. This is this is a nice one. I put this one on because you guys can't you guys can't fathom that you've been mistaught. You suspended disbelief. That's okay though, right? You don't know the difference. You don't know that this existed before people worshipped Kemetic Netures. You don't even know the difference between a Netcher and a God, more than likely, right? So so, you know. But anyways, all right, and we'll probably get that several times. <laughs> Right on here. Right. Matter of fact, when the Holy Spirit leads and said, because I told you, I pray about what I wear. I was going to actually put something else on. Thought I was supposed to have so, had something else on. And then the Holy Spirit was like, that's not what you're supposed to wear today. Right. So I promise you, I pray about the stuff and look at stuff. But hey, it is what it is. So back to what we're talking about. You've got to suspend disbelief. Long enough. Right. Matter of fact, if you go back to Israel, just a real quick aside for you to do your own research, look up how people who were born in ancient times, not modern times, in ancient times, who were born in Israel, who lived in Israel, who were Israelites, and when they dig up their graves, see if they had these around their neck sometime. Because it's different than what you think it is. Right? Just saying. So so when we're when we're in this thing or whatever, right? And by the you know, You've got to suspend disbelief. We have suspended disbelief with, about even believing in ourselves as a, as a diaspora, as a community, as a people. Right? And I'm sorry, Minister Tamara, I feel like you said something earlier and I missed it. I'm trying to scroll, but I can't find it. Oh, you were just saying con? Okay. So, we have to get to this place. Amen, Minister Nice. We got to get to this place to where we stop suspending disbelief in what Yah has said and what he said about us. So who is Zeus? We already talked about how he got here. Who is Zeus? What does Zeus do? Zeus is somebody who is into having the luxury of being married, having a wife that's down no matter what, but then having as many children and messing around and with as many people as he wants and being worshipped. I'm going to say that again. And how you doing? Welcome back. Uh, was that bit Maya? Or Alma, did you come on? I thought I saw you come back up. If I did, if if it's not you, I apologize. Right? Who is Zeus? 
And thank you for the love. And what is the spirit of Zeus? Zeus is somebody that what? Zeus is somebody who wants who wants the power of his father. And look, his father was off the chain. But Zeus is somebody who came out of manipulation. Zeus is somebody who came out of unrighteousness. Zeus is somebody who should have been off, but wasn't. Zeus is somebody who takes what's his father's and tries to make it his own. What his father had and tries to make it his own. Zeus is somebody who is in relation with his own sister. Zeus is somebody who wants the semblance of marriage, wants to make this wife, the sister wife, happy. At the same time, though, wants to go ahead and, and, and have as many women on the side. Zeus is somebody who wants his children that he loves so much to have what they want, but then certain children he doesn't like, he treats them a certain way. Zeus is somebody who even wants to be worshipped. Right? Zeus is, Zeus is all these things. Now, what do you think you're dealing with spiritually? How you doing, Warren? Do you deal with those things spiritually? Are those things that you deal with spiritually? Or the people around you deal with spiritually? Or the environment you come from? Who is your father right now if you're, if you're of the United States of America? Who's your father? Who is your source? Who's the father of your nation? It's not that hard if you consider yourself to be a United States citizen or if you once did. Who is the father of your nation? And was he a Christian or was he something called a deist? See, we got to reverse this mythology. You're, you're living with the mythology today and don't even recognize it. Right? Right? Who is it's George Washington? If you consider yourself to be a United States citizen, he is your father. He is your source. George Washington is a deist. That means that he believes that he himself can go into what you might call godhood. Right? He is your source. He is your father. The father of your nation. He was not a Christian. This is not the United States of America, although I'm not in a Christian myself. But this is not a Christian nation that you're in. I'm on, Sister Betty. I'm with you. I'm just saying how many of us thought he was, were taught that he was our founding father? How many people were taught that he is America's father? How many were taught that he was pious and they had to tell you that he never told a lie? Because it's about worship. How you doing, Miss Q? How you doing, Mad Trucker? It's about worship. They worship these things. You're supposed, this is not just about random, no, this is about worship. That you have to fellowship with the understanding of your father. Right? This is the spirit. This is the spirit you're dealing with. And it's reverse mythology. This is why Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says what? Trust in Yahweh. First things first. Because if you don't trust in him, then you'll worship just about anything. Believing it's him. See, it doesn't just say believe in him. It'd be great if it said believe in him, but it uses a lawful term. As much as we can want to keep saying law doesn't matter, the Bible is about law and case study. It uses lawful terminology. Trust, 
A trust is something that has to have a trustor who, who, who writes out what is supposed to be and how the trust is there. The trust is lawful, so it protects the rights of whatever the trustor has written out. And the trustor has trustees. The trustee is somebody who's supposed to look at what the trust says and is only moved by it. And if they go outside of what the trust says, then they are no longer lawfully allowed to be protected by the trust. And the trust also has to have a beneficiary. You have to have a beneficiary. Remember when we went over that series, Babylonian Benefactors? You, Their benefactor is somebody who's saying, I'm going to give you this if you follow the terms of the trust, right? So it doesn't say believe, even though belief is mandatory, yes. It doesn't just say have faith, even though faith is mandatory, yes. But here it says trust in Yehovah, in Adon, in the Lord, right? Trust in him. Right? A lot of people keep talking about, I believe, I want, I desire, what I'd like. This is how I interpret. That's not what it says, boo-boo. It says trust. That means, what did he write? That means, what are you supposed to stay inside of? The name, the nomos, the authority, the shem, the authority, the name of Yehovah is a strong tower. The name of Yehoshaphat is a strong tower. The authority, the name of Ravach HaKadosh is a strong tower. The what righteous, those who were in right lawful standing, they run in. Inside what? The tower. Inside what? The trust. The righteous, the right lawful standing people, they run in. And they shall be the ones who are safe. Once again, in, in English, F and V, interchangeable. F, F. V, V, they are interchangeable. So if they are safe, then they are also save or saved. He that endureth shall be saved. Why don't we talk about this when it talks about being saved? Because we have suspended disbelief that being saved has nothing to do with your works. I'm not saying your works are mandatory to be saved, but you, you think that your being saved has nothing to do. But Matthew 24 says what? It says, if you can endure, the same shall be. So not everybody's out here being saved. And not everybody claiming to be saved. So you thought there was a prayer of salvation, even though salvation and saved aren't even the same word. Salvation means that you become a person, place, or thing salvaged, brought back to its original intent. But saved means that you've just been rescued, right? Right? So not so so a prayer of salvation doesn't save you, and being saved doesn't mean that you have salvation. Because after that, the very next verse in Romans 10, 10 come on, somebody. The very next verse, Romans 10, 9, saved. Romans 10, 10, you're on your way to righteousness, right, lawful standing, and on your way to salvation. Then there's another scripture that says what? You have to work out your own salvation with fear respect, reverence, and trembling, that there are sometimes you shouldn't even be afraid. We shouldn't be afraid of anything. I'm afraid of letting y'all down. I'm afraid of making sure that my family's not together. I'm afraid that if I do this unrighteousness, I will not make my way into heaven. I know you were taught that you that you should never be afraid. Fear not. False evidence appearing real. Fear Yahweh and don't fear anything else. Fear means respect. If I fear it, then I respect it. I don't fear the gun. I might be afraid if I make the wrong move, though. 
but I don't fear the gun. I don't respect the gun more than I fear Yahweh. So if the person who's wielding the gun says, I'll have to do something terrible in order to keep my life, then I don't fear the gun more than I fear Yahweh. So go ahead and pull the trigger. That's how it works. That's what you signed up for. I know, I know that seems too much, but that's what it is. I'm not saying don't survive for your family. What I'm saying is there's certain things that we shouldn't be out here allowing to happen. You have suspended disbelief. Who comes first? My wife and I have made comments and, and have made vows even to each other on a certain level to say, do not make me put, have to choose between you and Yah because you will lose every time. Some of you say, well, that's not cool. And you should stay with your wife no matter what. I don't know. And she will never. Right. Let me let me not even speak that. Let me just say, long story short, don't make me choose. <laughs> OK, long story short, do not make me choose because I have to choose. Yah. I have to choose him as much as I love you. I have to choose him as much as I'll sacrifice myself for you. I have to decide am I a living sacrifice for him. My being a living sacrifice for him means that I can sacrifice myself for you. But when you say I want to be worshipped, now I have to make a decision because I can only worship one. Psalm 1-1, one, one, amen. Right? I can only worship one. Right? And so does Zeus influence of people who want to be worshipped. First and foremost, red pill society, feminist movement. Can I tell you all this stuff? I'm going to sum all this up in one sentence. If you want to talk about the red pill and the feminist movement, both, right, the way that people are at least using them, both can be summed up basically in one sentence. You ready? One sentence. Here we go. These people want to be worshipped. Is adoration and worship the same? We can adore the one that we worship. You can have adoration for evil too, though. But you can worship evil things as well. Adoration, worship, <laughs> I guess you could say you adore what you worship, but it's not necessarily the same thing, right? Because worship, we're talking about extreme respect. Like, you can adore, there's some people that adore their, their children and still will beat the mess out of them. There's some people that adore their husbands and their wives and will still abuse them. So, right, adoration is a little different. Somebody would say, well, that's not adoring them. That's not adoring them 100% of the time. But, you know, like, you know, pimps at first adore, and I'm not, I hope I'm not coming at you, right, or it doesn't seem like I am. You know, pimps can eat, because I, I agree with what you're saying. I see where you're going. Um, pimps adore their, adore the, the women of the night before they officially become the women of the night. And then they'll adore them after they break them down just enough so that they'll feel like it's the same daddy who beat me up is the same daddy that brought me back. Right. You know, but, but, but all these people can really be summed up in the one word or one sentence. These are people that want to be worshiped. Right. Your children are being taught that they're supposed to be worshiped. It doesn't matter what you say, mom or dad. This is who I am. And if you can't identify with it, I'll call the police and say you're abusing me. And they'll take me away from you. And you, and we fall off for the okie-doke. 
Let the police come. Matter of fact, if you want to go out there and you go spend some time in the system, fine. But you will not do certain things here. Matter of fact, if I know how the law works, this is how belief is. And as long as I follow the law and I've never put hands on you in a way that's disrespectful to the law of the state, as long as I follow the law and I say this is what our belief system is, our belief system trumps whatever you're trying to say. This ain't school. You're at the house. Right? But they're being taught to be worshipped. Everybody wants to be worshipped. Here's the problem. If everybody's God, this is what a lot of our own people say. What's up, God? What's up, God? Peace to the gods. And I'm, and I'm somebody who likes to use the but still, peace to the gods, all this stuff. Okay, if everybody's a God, if everybody's deserving of worship, then who? Then, then what is worship? If everybody can be worshipped, what is it? And why is it necessary? Now, Yusuf L, to be fair, Yusuf L doesn't believe when he says peace to the gods. He doesn't, he, even in thinking that you are a god, he believes you're a lesser god and, and the most high god is still who everybody's under. So, to be fair with his belief system, let me not take him out of context, right? But I'm just saying, in general, right? Like, if everybody's a god, if everybody's supposed to be worshipped, then what is worship? This is why you don't care for worship. This is why your babies don't care for worship, right? If every person on your sports team deserves to be worshipped because he wears your, 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 your team's jersey, then what is worship? And you guys already know, you know, what we feel about that word God because we know that word God is not biblical, right? It's something that somebody snuck in there. But, but if everybody's to be worshipped, what's up, God? What's up, God? What's up, God? What's up, God? So, so these four people, all of them are deserving of worship. All of them create their own environment. All of them should be able to do whatever they want. But you don't believe that because if that God tries to come against your family, you're going to try to off that God, aren't you? Right. But you suspend disbelief because it sounds nice. Why? Because you've gone through, as we talked about earlier, you've been through so much trauma in your life. I get it. You've been through so much hell and trauma and people putting you down and so much self-condemnation and so much following after the law. But it was the law of the flesh and never the law of the spirit that finally somebody said that you were something of value. And so you'll take it even if it's not real. Even if it's an idol, right? You see people who want to be worshipped and they're not the most high. Then they anything that's not the most high that wants to be worshipped, you must idolize it. It has to be idolatry. Remember we said in the beginning of this, people don't even recognize that the very actors that you look up to throughout most of humanity would have been looked down upon because actors were considered to be low level. They were considered to be scum. They were considered to be people that would come outside of themselves. They were considered to be people who had unstable minds. Remember I told you Nero was raised by an actor. A lot of people think he was named by, raised by his mother Agrippa. But Agrippa, right, thought she was going to be offed by Caligula, her brother, Right? Because she tried to off him and his sister with her sister, right? Caligula was married to his own sister. Here we go again. Incest, people being crazy, stuff like that. But she, she thought she was going to be off. So when she got uh, exiled, she, she just let whoever was there raise her son. So her son got raised by an actor who was the scum of the earth because she didn't think they were going to be alive that long. And then she realized after a while, oh, I guess we've been alive and ain't nothing happened. And then Caligula got off. And now the person who had been raised by somebody with a very, with mental health issues 
right? And she herself now goes on this murderous campaign, marries her own uncle, does all type of stuff, right? And then Nero becomes the uh, Nero becomes the king, um, you know, becomes the emperor. And then Nero, what is he? One of the first things that he does is he exiles his mother again. That his mother tries to get in, in great with his half brother or whatever, and try to see if she can get power back up. And he and he says no. Um, he offs the brother, and then he sets it up to where the ship is supposed to uh, sink, or some even say that it was designed to, to collapse on his own mother. She survives, swims up, and then basically is getting ready to be offed by Nero's men because he was like, she's a strong woman, she's going to make it. He was taught this behavior. This is some, These are people who worship Zeus. And he himself, as being a Caesar, would have thought himself as a Zeus. He would have become a deus or a deity. When the word of God, the word God wasn't made up. God was, uh, God is a Germanic word. So God, God, um, if you're talking about Gemal and Donuts, God actually exists in Hebrew language, in Paleo-Hebrew, but it actually is one of the, you know who you call Gad, right? One of the, it's actually one of the, the, the branches, the original branches of the tree of Israel, right? Um, um, but if you talk about God, as far as how people use it, it's a Germanic term, meaning that whatever spirit um, you want to make good, good and God are the same word. So whatever spirit you want to make good or God, right? That good and talk is like God of the day. It's not just good day or have a good day. It's have a God day. Goodbye is God be with ye. Good, God, the letter B is compound word. B is B-E, and then ye, ye, Y-E at the end. It's a compound word, right? God be with ye, goodbye. Right, so a lot of people don't recognize that because we don't know how the language works. And so God can be whatever you want it to be. But if you ever look in your Bible, every time you see the word God, what is that word that you refer to in its origin? Elohim, or what people call Elohim. Right, so Elohim, Yehovah Elohim is always whenever you see Lord God is always Yehovah Elohim or what people say Jehovah Elohim. See, but once again we suspended disbelief, and then when you say this to somebody, what would they say? They'll say, "Well, that doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter, you know. That's how we talk now. But why is it that you just don't? Because you say Jehovah here and you say Elohim here. Why is it that you don't just say every time it says Jehovah or um, Lord God? Why don't you just say Jehovah God? Why don't you just say Yehovah Elohim or Jehovah Elohim every time? Every time you see Lord in all caps, especially, it's always going to be Yehovah. When you see a capital L and lowercase O-R-D, it's going to be a dog. If you see all lowercases, Adonai. But why is it that some people think it's Adonai for every? Because people don't think that every word matters, right? But just like with Nero, right? Nero was raised in foolishness and then he becomes this person that's over everybody else. Sounds like the same thing that happens with who? With Zeus. You see the context, right? Like we're dealing with the same type of stuff. So this Zeus mindset, remember, right? Zeus is somebody to be worshipped. He wants to have a wife and have all these. George Washington is somebody who wants to be worshipped. He wants to have a wife and have relations with all these slaves. Remember George Washington, and by the way, he would have had um, relations with the, the wives of, uh, of his um, subordinates as well. So the other generals, that's how it happened. He was commander-in-chief of the United States. You know, the commander-in-chief is not an American title. Commander-in-chief was something that was given to whoever was the head general of whatever country you were in in, in, the, um, in the British Empire, right? So if it was Rule, Rule Britannia, 
right? Uh, 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 and Britannia or Brit Britain, right? There was a time they said that there was never a time that the sun went down on their empire. So, so as the, so, there was no place on the earth they felt that as the sun went around, there was never a place that they would actually see the sun go down on their empire. Right? That's what they believed, and so. Or not only believe, they could say to a certain extent because they had that much territory that they had colonized. Those many persons or artificial persons that were un under the, what they consider to be the real p uh, persons who were part of the people of, of Britain or of England, ultimately, right? Just like Rome is is an actual place but the Roman Empire, right, is something different than Rome. But you just call it Rome because the people who are in charge of it are Rome, Right? So um, just like Europe, you, Europa, you know, I know it starts off with African descent and stuff, but who, what they called Europa, they believe Europa was any land that belonged to Rome. So you were European if you were um, the Greeks who had the, the Greeks under the Ptolemaic dynasty, like Cleopatra's family, um, the Greeks that were under the Ptolemaic dynasty, they were European. Why? Not just because their family originally came from Greece, they were European because they belonged to Rome. Anybody who calls himself European might not recognize that, but you have to suspend your disbelief. Rome must be worshipped. So when you call yourself European, you're saying, I worship Rome. I bow down to Rome. So nobody should want to be European, right? Nobody, unless you want to be what? Romantic. So... You know, those who are across the pond, right? And those who we, a couple of you who we had the meeting with last night, um, yesterday, last night for you guys. Thank you for being up late <laughs> to make that work for us. Um, you know, but 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 the, they, if you're over in England, our brothers and sisters in the UK who we're starting to finally get this stuff together with, you are not European. Because if you're European, you belong to Rome. That's what that ultimately means, at least in the romantic mind. This is why you like romantic things. This is why you romanticize things. Because if you romanticize it, you believe that it means you're doing better. This is why, yep, you like St. Valentine, right? This is why you like St. Whomever. This is why Mary can't just be Mariam, the mother of Christ, but she has to be St. Mary. This is, by the, way, by the way, why every one of your countries, look it up, right? I learned this at the Basilica. I can't remember the, lo the long name of it. It's in, matter of fact, let me look it up because I know I'm going to butcher it. I'm not even going to get close. But if you ever go to D.C., um, right on the border of D.C. and Maryland on Eastern Avenue. I could be wrong about that. or may, No, no, no. Eastern Avenue is going the opposite. What is that? I can't remember the name of what it's called. Forgive me. But um, hold on. It's the National Basilica. Okay. It's called the Basilica of the National. This is a long title. I'll say it three times. It's Basilica of the National Shrine of the Immaculate Conception, known as Basilica of the National Shrine of the Immaculate Conception. I think I even did a video on, oh, that might be on the old channel, wow. Mm. I wonder if I still had the pictures, I can maybe do the video again. Uh, but I'll say it again, Basilica of the National Shrine of Immaculate Conception, right? If you go there, you'll discover that every country is allowed to have their own St. Mary. Did you know that? Every country has their own St. Mary, in a sense, who's considered to have had a, 
immaculate conception and therefore gives birth to their own version of Christ because every country should have their own Christ. See, when you mix iron and clay and you have romantic values, you don't even know. You belong to Rome. That means that Ghana should have its own version of St. Mary. That means, that means uh, uh, Madagascar should have their own version of St. Mary. That means that uh, that means that um, um, Morocco should have their own version of St. Mary. That means that the Republic of Congo, the People's Republic of Congo, should have their own version of St. Mary. That, that's, that, that means, now, now, now what is, how, how does that happen, though, if we have this kind of Zeus-type thought process and all that stuff, right? Well, well if we have this Zeus-type thought process, and by the way, I'm just naming a couple nations we can keep on going, or a couple republics, a couple, uh, uh, you know, we, we keep on going all over the place, right, with this. Um, but, that, but that also, how does that, how does that mindset permeate other things? Well, that means you can have your own version of, you know, the Bible. Why not? That means you can have your own interpretation as if interpretation doesn't mean that it has to be what the people believe, what they said, who wrote it at the time, etc. Why should you bat an eye to it? Matter of fact, if you say something against it, aren't you the problem? Because everybody's a Zeus. Everybody's a God. Everybody's a deity. deity. Everybody deserves worship. Who are you to tell people that they can't be worshipped that way or how they should worship? Problem is, it gets to a point, though, where now most people now do this. Who are you? Forgive me, Father, for even doing this, but I'm, I'm, I'm trying to execute a point. Please forgive me if this brings any shame unto you. But this is how people look. Who are you? To tell us how to worship. That's, that's, what, you, that's, what, that's what people do. 